Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where we want you to be financially free, physically free, mentally free, and emotionally free. Thank you guys for joining me. We are in week 18 something. I don't know. I'm pretty proud of myself, though. We're in three months. We're fully three months into the podcast. So thank you very much for continuing to join me. Thank you to all the new listeners. Um, Thank you to everybody who has taken the classes. Um, Just to let you know, I have now rolled out the second, I guess, step or class number two. We'll just say class number two. So I did intro to Bitcoin. I did that several times. I've taught that class several times. I still have a few out there. And I have just rolled out my intro to altcoins. So I get a lot of follow-up questions about altcoins, which um, can be very different from Bitcoin. Some are the same or similar. Many are very different. So I do have that class available now. First class will be February 25th. Yes, February. Thursday, February 25th. So if you want to register, go to Eventbrite, look up my name, Kai Wilson, K-Y-E Wilson, or you can search under Ready, Set, Free. It'll pop up and you can register to join us in the intro to altcoins. I have a couple different sessions up there. And I also have the intro to Bitcoin. If you want to take that one, it's the day before on that Wednesday, February 24th. So both of those classes are available to you. And let me stop and say thank you again last week to my guest, Mr. David Thettinga. He uh, did a great job with us reviewing health health insurance and other health options, healthcare options. So if you have not had a chance, please reach out to him for any additional questions. But today I have a new guest. She's brand new to the podcast, as a guest at least. She's brand new to the podcast. I've known her for over 10 years. Yeah, it's been well over 11 years. 11 years. Yay. (laughs) So I have with me today Miss Pamela Green. Yay. Welcome, Pamela. Hey, Kai. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you having me. So, um... Pam has, do you want to be Pam or Pamela? It doesn't matter. Okay, let me be sure because I've called (laughs) you both, but you know, we have a relationship. Um, So she has over 23 years of experience in insurance as well. So she's actually three years past me. Well, maybe not. I, I just, I have 20 years in sales. I have some other years in other areas. But anyway, she has 23 years of experience of insurance. She's worked um, with companies such as Enterprise Rent-A-Car. She's worked with Nationwide Insurance. She actually worked for a body shop before. Uh, She worked at American Family, which is where we first met. And she has worked or is currently with Farmers Insurance Group. So she has vast knowledge of insurance. Um, When you guys hear me talk about insurance, things can differ from company to company, there's little things that can be different. And um, also, there's a big difference from the sales side to the claim side. Definitely. So what we're going to do uh, this episode, you heard episode maybe three, I believe. It was early on. Um, my friend Wayne came on, and he was also um, a previous claims adjuster. And we did kind of a did you know or what don't you know or let us remind you And we're going to do kind of a follow-up to that episode, but we're going to do it with Miss Pam today. 
And so I'll be speaking a little heavier on the sales side. She's going to speak a little bit heavier on the claim side. And um, we'll just see if we can share some information again that is not necessarily common knowledge, but things we want to make sure people are aware of to cut back on. Exactly. Yeah. And then go ahead and give yourself an introduction too. Well, like Kai said, we've known each other for 11 years. Um, I'm a single mom um, of a bright young man because he's getting there. <laughs> we were pregnant at the same time. She yes. reminded me. So yes. our children are only a few months apart. Yes, definitely. Um, I've been doing claims, like Kai said, for a total of 23 years. Um, I've gained knowledge in different areas, which has made me an effective um, adjuster when it comes to auto claims. I don't do homeowners, so I couldn't answer any questions about homeowners. But when it comes to auto, um, I feel like there's a lot that I can offer as far as guidance to um, consumers, um, customers, so that they're aware of what they're purchasing and getting what they expect to get when they have a claim. Because sometimes there's a big gap um, between what you walk in and you ask for versus what you're expecting to get when you have a claim. Right. And some of that falls on the agent, and then some of it falls on the client. Because sometimes clients just have expectations. <laughs> Whether we can provide those expectations or not, you know, it is what it is, but... Yeah, so sometimes uh, we may, as an agent, we may miss sharing an option with the client or not doing a good job explaining it thoroughly to them. Sometimes they just don't want to hear it. In their mind, it should be this way, and no matter what we say, they're convinced that it should have been that way regardless. Yeah, and a lot of times what it comes down to is just that open dialogue. Um, I always tell agents, make the offer, if the customer declines it, notate that they declined it and you've covered your basis so that if they have a claim and they don't have the proper coverage at the time of the claim, um, you've covered yourself. Yes, it works. They're still upset, but yes. Uh, it has saved me several times. Yeah, but, definitely. Know, when they still find out something's not going to be covered, they're not happy. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll eliminate some of that right? Um, so that people know when they're asking for coverage, they know what to ask for. Okay. So let's start. Do you want to start with some of the basic, not, well, I don't know what's basic, but some of the common endorsements, frequently used endorsements or frequently missed endorsements? Well, um, one of the big things that I've seen over the years is rental car coverage. Oh, my goodness. Um, number one, that's, that is that is the top. That's number one for you, and is number one for me. Is number one no matter what insurance company you go to. It is number one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've I've been and and even in the body shop, at, or even working at Enterprise, you have people come in and they're angry. I just found out that I didn't have oh, rental car one. coverage. What can you do for me? So. Um, first and foremost, rental car coverage is probably one of the cheapest parts of your premium that you pay every month. Okay. And let's let, let me go back to where uh, the misnomer starts from anyway. And we discussed this when Wayne was there. 
full coverage does not mean you have rental car coverage. Exactly. That is the, that's the that is where the problem starts. Well, I have a personal a personal example of that. In my early 20s, mm-hmm. I was I moved to Georgia mm-hmm. from Oklahoma and I was getting insurance and I went to an independent agent. I showed them my my Geico policy because I was prior military and I said I want all of this coverage in Georgia. A month after I bought my car, someone ran me off the road and I flipped my car and found out I didn't have med pay. I didn't have rental. And I'm like, but I told you to put that on there. Mm -hmm. So I I assumed Mm -hmm. that they had copied my policy verbatim. And that's really just bad. When you have somebody that's asking you, I want to pay for so-and-so, could you sell it to me? I'm not going to be able to defend that agent's behavior. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that was my personal experience. And this was before I even got into right. insurance or insurance claims. That was something that I had to battle. And the response was, oh, in Georgia, that's an option. But I went in there and but asked for full ask. coverage, <laughs> right. and I showed and you my I policy. And I asked you to match yeah. my previous coverages. That, yeah. That's the key. Mm-hmm. I asked you to please give me what I'm providing for you here. Yeah. And that's why I say I can't really defend that agent. Um, but, yeah, so rental car. Right and on. even if you have another vehicle or two other vehicles, and I've seen this happen a lot where those other two vehicles are down, you have a loss, and now you don't have no car to drive. Oh, yeah, because they said they don't want the rental car because they've got other cars. Yes, that's, that's how we hear on our side. Yeah. I've got three cars, so I don't need rental car coverage. Yeah, I've been in agent's office and heard them quote how much rental car coverage is. And I'm like, that's all it is every six months? Um, I, I just I don't understand why someone wouldn't want to have it right. um, just in case. Because you just never know. And especially if you have more than one driver in the house, you still kind of need it. Yeah. If you're going to have to share cars. Yeah. So I I have rental car. And, you know, I was hit three times in the year of 2019. Yeah, I handled how many of those claims? (laughs) Before I even signed into work, you had already taken the pictures and sent them to me. (laughs) Three rear-end accidents in a 12-month period. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I still got my rental car, and I have more than one vehicle. But I still, you know... They covered my rental car because I wasn't at fault for any of these. But still, I had an extra vehicle, but I still, you know, my extra vehicle is is not the same as my current car. So I want the equivalent to what I was missing. Let me just tell you, even though we haven't worked together in over three years, when she has a question about a claim, she still calls me on my personal phone to ask me how to handle something. Very true. (laughs) Very. I have a couple of claims adjusters I always contact. So, yeah, Pam has not been able to escape me. <laughs> she gave me her cell phone number, and I use it. And my Facebook, and my yeah. Instagram. <laughs> I know how to find her. So, you know, I had Wayne on here, and here's Pam, and they are my two go-to people for claims. So no offense to my other adjusters that work out there, but I just have a personal um, relationship with these two people. 
And those are, and then I have one that I go to also for homeowners. Thankfully, I've never had a homeowner's claim before in my life. Never had anything happen to my house, but uh, yeah, cars, unfortunately. Okay, so like we're trying to tell you, rental car is the number one, uh, the number one overlooked or the most overlooked. I don't even know what to say. It's the one that mo makes people most upset. I don't know if it's the most overlooked, but it's the one that people most often need. And when they don't have it, it's the one that people are very upset and irritated about. I would agree. And it does not come with full coverage. You need to be sure you have comp, collision, and rental car. Those are all three different parts. Comp is one charge. Collision is one charge. Rental car is a separate charge. You need yep. to buy all three. And I, while we're saying this, I want to remind everybody to, we're going to get into more a lot more details, but can you guys please do us a favor and review at least your declaration page when you get that? Um, you know, Pamela just shared the story that she gave the new agent a copy of her previous policy and wanted to get the same coverage that she had. We're not upset with her. It's 20-something years later now. She didn't know. But you, when you get your new insurance, you want to, um, you want to compare... If, if you went in and did what she did, you wanted apples to apples, when you get your new paperwork, compare it to your old paperwork. The declaration page is very easy to read by law. That's a law that we have to make it easy to read. So there's no hidden jargon in the declaration page. It's not difficult to read the declaration page. Just get your declaration page and scan over it really quickly. If you have another one to compare it to that's really good, you'll know if you have the same or if you have something different. So, and it takes you uh, just a couple minutes to do. I, I'm not telling you to read the whole policy, all the legal jargon, just read the deck page. Because sometimes agents forget. Sometimes we forget. I forget to check a box. We talked about it. I forget to check the box. Or um, we, they want to know what the difference in our differences are of the payments or the rates. Yeah. Okay, if I get it, how much was it? And if I don't get it, how much? So I'm checking and unchecking boxes constantly to tell you the prices. And then when we complete the process, one box may be checked or unchecked that you really did or did not want. But because, you know, every time you guys ask for a quote, we have to remove or add what you're asking. So when it comes time to issue the policy, we got to do one last review and make sure everything is on it or not on it because we've we've taken it back and forth on and off so many times. So it would help everybody out if you would review the final policy, the declaration page. If you do that soon enough, if you call us within a week or two after you receive the new policy and something is not right, it is very easy for us at that point to go back and correct it all the way back to the day that it started. So it's not very, after a claim. Yeah. It's very <laughs> easy to do if you catch it right away. We can go back. I don't have to get authorization from anybody. I don't have to send it to underwriting, anything like that. If you catch it right away, and I'll say about up to two weeks because I'm going to give it time for it to get mailed to you or whatever, however you're receiving your paperwork. Give you some time to even sit down and review it. You don't have to do it the day you receive it. But anywhere up to the first couple weeks, you can contact your agent and say, hey, I see this is here or this isn't here or this part is not right. Can you please change it or correct it? We can do it with no problems. Pamela said, do not call us after the claim has happened and then want to review your policy to make changes back to before the claim happened. We can't do that. 
That's actually illegal. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you have to do it right away, right after the policy is issued. Or you can make changes at any time. So anytime within your policy, you can make any change that you like. Most companies will require it be in writing. And when you make changes in the middle of your policy, that's fine. But it's always going to start for the following day. So you call me today to make a change. It's going to be effective tomorrow. <laughs> so anytime you make a change, it is not effective immediately. It is effective the next day. Okay. So we've covered that. Yeah. So um, along with endorsements, um, not every company offers certain endorsements. So if you are shopping for a new insurance company or you're currently wishing to stay with your current carrier, then there's some things that you need to think about. Like, for example, um, if you have a vehicle that you've upgraded, anything that's not stock from the, from the manufacturer that is, in most cases, is considered customization. Mm-hmm. And depending on the carrier, I can't speak for all, but depending on the carrier, there is an exclusion in your policy for customizations, period, or an exclusion up to a certain dollar amount. Um, from working in a um, body shop environment, um, I usually would see somewhere between a thousand fifteen hundred is the cap for aftermarket wheels, radio systems, um, paint jobs, um, special lights, yes. lights under the car, yes. special headlights. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, the big thing that I've been seeing a lot, even on luxury vehicles, is this vinyl wrap or acrylic wrap that people are putting on their vehicles to change either the paint color without painting it or to give it um, special effects or whatever the case, whatever the reason, um, whatever reason they're doing it, um, that usually is an exclusion. So it is a conversation that you want to have with your agent anytime you modify your vehicle to see if that carrier offers a customization endorsement. And some of them may have a cap as to how much you can customize. And some of them may just need to see receipts so that they can make sure that you have the proper coverage if you should have a claim. Because if you have a claim and you don't have that endorsement, then you're getting the basic, whatever the manufacturer offers up to that dollar amount if there is a dollar amount built into the auto policy. So your car is going to be repaired in the case that it had the wrap or the special lights. It's going to be repaired back to factory. the lights that came with the car from the factory and the paint that came with the car from the factory. So you're going to pay out of pocket if you want to upgrade back to those items, however they were when the car was. And I have had clients who have done that. They've gone back and put it back. But I... I I've always taken pride when I when I'm handling customers, whether it's the paying customer or the claimant that got hit, to explain, hey, you have this stuff on your vehicle. You need to have a conversation with your agent. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done my part because I've educated you. So if something happens, you're kind of on your own because I've given you added information that I didn't have to give, but I choose to give because 
I feel like customers need to be informed and know what they're paying for versus what they're getting if they have a claim. And I've always done that. Right. Um, I've always explained that kind of stuff. And we appreciate it because yeah. it's hard for, so, you know, I guess some people or certain personalities, it's hard for them to believe something will ever happen. So they're like, I don't need this because I've never had an accident. Well, I, um, I've had one accident in my life that I was actually at fault for. But my other four, I was not at fault for. Any of them. I didn't expect to be hit by these people, but it happened. So you need to insure yourself in case of an accident. And it just goes back to what I said. Making sure you understand what it is that you're purchasing versus what your expectation is. Um, and that leads me to um, one of the big things that we see a lot. And I've seen over the 20-something the years that I've been doing this. Um, people always want new parts mm. on their vehicle. They don't care if it's a 1995, a 2005, or a 2021. And... Um, that is not always the way that the, the insurance policy is written. Like I said, I can't speak for all insurance companies. I can only give a generalization and put the information out there. But it goes back to reading your policy and what it covers. And for layman, you know, for for a layman person, it's just the company owes to put you back the way that you were before the loss. Right. And if you have a 1995 vehicle, the parts on that car were old, are used. Right. <laughs> They're not brand new. Mm -hmm. And if you do get brand new parts, then that's the insurance company making you better than what you were before you had oh, the loss. That's a good way, making you better. So for the people that absolutely want to have new parts in the event of a claim, they need to have a conversation with their agent. Mm -hmm. And find out if, if that particular an company offers what they call an OEM endorsement or a new parts replacement endorsement. Well, and let's, can we stop there? Because I think, well, you tell me if this is even two different things. Because you also have people who want the manufacturer's original parts. That even is. versus new parts that were from a third party company that makes the same part. That's where the OEM endorsement comes from. OEM stands for new manufacturer. Okay. The original okay. equipment manufacturer right. part. That means if you have a Lexus and you want a Lexus headlight and you only want it from Lexus, then you have to have that endorsement. Okay. But, so what about when you have a much older car? Well, I, I don't even know when people stop manufacturing parts. I don't. At some point, I know manufacturers have to say, we haven't made the 1995 Nissan Maxima in 25 years now, 20 mm -hmm. years, and we're not making those parts anymore. Yeah. So are we talking about two different things? Are we talking about use, use, use parts? Like we have to go to a junkyard and find a salvage part to replace it. Mm -hmm. Or are we talking about, I want it not only brand new, I want it from the manufacturer new. Mm -hmm. Is that all in the same endorsement or 
the the OEM endorsement is strictly from the dealer. From the manufacturer. From okay. the manufacturer. Okay. Now, what you're talking about, like on a 1995 Nissan Maxima, um, you may only have the option right. of an aftermarket part or a used part. Right. Now, because I've been in this business so long and I have actually toured some of the used part vendors' um, facilities, it's basically, a lot of them are basically set up like... A new new parts like they take all of the good parts they box them up they're on a shelf and you know you need a 1995 headlight here it is right. um the misconception that customers usually get when you say i'm putting a used part on your car is is exactly what you just said you're going to a junkyard are there junkyards out there yes but most insurance companies are not going to use scavenging through yeah their, they're not yeah. going to use that type of junkyard that would be you know what they call pull apart or mm-hmm. pick your part or whatever where you physically go there and, and I, get I the, can't see you in there yeah no <laughs> <Looking for parts. laughs> I'm not doing that but um if the part comes in and it's not the same as what's coming off of your vehicle um then most insurance companies are not well I don't know any insurance company that's just going to leave that part and say you have to take it um, but then that comes with the body shops too. They have to inspect those parts before they put them on your car. But it goes back to what you said. If it's a used part, it's still original equipment because it's still a Nissan part. Mm-hmm. It's just not coming brand new from Nissan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the aftermarket parts, which is a third party vendor that sells the parts, I usually explain to my customers. I give them an example. You're backing out your driveway, you hit your mailbox, and you take out your taillight. Then you go to the dealer, and the dealer says, oh, that light is $1,000. But then you go down the road to AutoZone, Napa, O'Reilly, Advanced, or any of those part stores mm-hmm. that you deal with. And they say, well, we got this light for 250 it looks the same. It works the same. It operates the same. It's the same color. The, the, the lenses in it matches the other one on the other side. And they say they have it for 250 Most consumers are going to pay 250 right. not 1000 There's a select few that want to pay the 1000 but the majority of consumers are going to pay the 250 And that's, that's, that's the same thing that the insurance company is doing. Right. They have certain vendors that they use that provide parts to, to insurance companies in body shops where the part w- looks the same, works the same, acts the same. It's just not as, as, as expensive as getting it straight from the dealer. And it also keeps down the cost of the claim, which if it's your policy that you're filing a claim on, it's also... Your history. It, yeah, you're also keeping down, you know, the potential of... Increase, Increase. exactly. On your record, everything. Your premiums are in direct relation to the the claims that are paid. So, well, that's a conversation. Yes. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to be sure to get if if your company offers it, you want to get the OEM endorsement. If that's what you prefer to have, that's what you. Yeah. But there are stipulations on that, and we're not going to go into all those details. But to get closer to what you desire. You definitely have need to have that conversation. Exactly. Definitely want to get that endorsement. Um, and there was something else you said, uh, jog my memory. Um, oh, I was going to say, 
because we talked about this briefly, using the pre-approved or the contracted repair shops. Okay. Because <laughs> when I have this discussion that sometimes comes from the parts, they're going to put on this part of them that's not the one I want. And then what I love to be able to tell people, if you're using one of our preferred auto repair shops, our company gives you an, a warranty, our own company warranty against faulty parts or repair or damage or whatever from the repair shop. So if you use the repair, one, and we don't have just one, there's still very several options, but if you use one of the companies that we contract with, they have an arrangement with the insurance companies that they have to provide quality work and quality service and, and parts. So that if you do end up with a, an aftermarket part and that wasn't your preference, but you that's what you had in your policy, at least if you use the shop that's contracted with your insurance company, you have extra protection. Um, yes. Um, the way that I usually explain it to customers is if something goes wrong with that repair process and it's one of the direct repair shops for whatever insurance company mm -hmm. that you're dealing with, mm -hmm. that insurance company has the leverage to make sure that correction is made mm -hmm. and go to your defense on your behalf. Right. But if you go outside and go to a different shop, you may not get that same protection because they're not under contract with that insurance company. And if you're you not happy it with yes. them directly, we had nothing to do with your negotiations with that other company. Yeah. And it's not only that, it's just, um, when you do that, you're not giving your insurance company what they need to fight for you. Right. So, um, I have a lot of examples of that, but just as a general statement, you go to this shop, you're not happy with the paint work. You try to talk to them and get them to fix it. They fix it. You're still not happy. You call your insurance company. It's like, well, they won't fix it. The only thing that I can do is I can pick up the phone or send an email and have a conversation with, with the person at the shop and say, hey, this customer's not happy. What are you going to do to fix it? Well, if it's not one of the, the direct repair shops, that shop could say, well, we already did what we're going to do. We're not doing anything else. Exactly. And there's and, no repercussion that we can do on our side. You chose, you know, you're at free will to choose whoever you want. Exactly. Like, I would never tell a customer they had to use exactly. a direct repair shop. But the direct repair shops are there for a reason. There are benefits. Yes. There are benefits to using your company's direct repair. It doesn't matter what insurance company, most of the time they have a list of direct repair shops. Get your added protection by going to one of those shops. I burned myself, so I am a t living testimony. Use their repair shops. 20 years, I can't tell you how many times I've been rear-ended. I think just being here in Atlanta, I think I've been rear-ended seven, oh seven or eight times since 2012. Ugh, I had three times in a year. I had two times in a year. Oh but goodness. every time my car needed to be fixed, it went to a direct repair shop. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you get burned one good time and you typically learn the lesson. 
<laughs> so, you know, you get, you guys, I'm in the business and I got burned one good time and I'm done with that. I tried it and no, I'll never do it again. Um, fortunately, the other times I always use a repair, uh, one of our direct repair shops. Um, but this time, no. Pamela was actually my adjuster on my brand new truck. Yeah, you didn't even have it like a month yet. Okay, I don't but that's think. not the worst part. Not only was it I hadn't had it a month. I, no, it was thirty days exactly. <laughs> it was on the thirtieth day that I owned that vehicle that I got hit. The part that is really astonishing is that it was the first time I'd ever bought a new car. I've never owned a new car in my entire life, and and even since that purchase, I've never bought another new car. That was the first time because that one got hit like twice. Or three times. Well, that was the first time I got hit, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was thirty days old. I had because you had one in the front and you had one a claim in the rear. Oh my goodness! <laughs> first time I ever bought. I think the car had like twenty miles on it when I got it. Brand new vehicle. I'm like, I never buy. You know, I'm a finance girl. New cars are a bad investment. <laughs> so well, it's not I'm the glad smartest you thing up. to do with your money. Well, financially, yeah, and depends on how you buy it. Yeah. So there's a lot of catches. I'm I'm going to do a whole episode on this too one day about car purchases. But anyway, from I, the claim side of that though, when from, you buy a brand new car, oh, it's better. Um, you have better protection. You have and you to get just, the new parts. Yeah. Well, with our company, yeah, the car is less than two years old or younger or less. I don't know if it changed since okay. I worked there. I think it it's was still. It was yeah. It was same year, two calendar year, and one year back yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So you automatically got the OME. Yeah, but um, you definitely want to look into gap insurance. Oh man. Okay, that's the next. We can go there to the next, the gap. <laughs> I, again, something, when somebody tells me they bought a new car off the lot, it goes on the quote automatically. It It is put there. Um, when I review the coverages, I let them know it's included. And actually, when I let them know it's included, that's when they tell me, oh, I, I got the gap at the dealership already. Then I may take it off. But mm -hmm. um, I include it. Yes. With the... Especially on certain makes and models, it is definitely because each make and model depreciates differently when you drive it off the lot. Now you speak to this because I don't know any. I know that concept, but I don't work in claim. I, I don't work I have, in I have my own opinion, but I don't oh, want to throw it oh, out there. Okay. I'm just going to say there's certain makes and models that depreciate a lot more driving them off the lot than others. Okay. And do your you, research. Yes, do your research. And then also, like Kai said, if you purchase the gap insurance from the dealer and you, you're comfortable with that, do that. But also, before you buy the gap at the dealer, I would recommend talking to your agent because, again, some insurance companies actually offer gap. Like Kai said, they offer gap um, where she's at. I know one of my former employers offers gap. Um, so... Um, you can even Google right. Gap Insurance, and there's several right here in Atlanta, downtown Peachtree Street, wow. where you can just get your own Gap Insurance on that. your own. Um, but yeah, because I've dealt with some of the ones here Are in Atlanta. Those people tied into the warranty people that call us on the cell phone every day. I have no idea. <laughs> Would that be the same number that calls me every day about my warranty? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, if you just Google Gap, I mean, I've done that before where I've Googled Gap and 
like different insurance companies come up and then actual gap companies come up. But the catch 22 with that is just like your auto policy, you need to read your gap policy because there's loopholes and exclusions and different things that go into the gap. And I don't know which gap company it is, but probably about 10 years ago, I had a customer that informed her gap company that I had totaled her car and the gap company said, well, when did you find out that it was totaled? And she told them and they looked at the calendar, they looked at the time and they said, you just made it underneath the wire in her gap coverage. Mm. It specifically says that you have 72 hours to notify us that your vehicle has been totaled or this contract is null and void. Mm. I, I had an experience with a bad one too before. And so, like I said, I always pride myself on educating people. Um, and from that point on, it was in my mental Rolodex that when car. I total someone's car, oh, you're still making payments? Do you have gap insurance? Yes, I do. You need to hang up with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like immediately and, and go it. find your gap insurance and call them and let them know that I just informed you that your vehicle is totaled and you may have to file a gap claim. And I wonder, I've never bought gap through the dealership because I've always had it through insurance, but I know it comes on the contract when you buy the car. Yeah, there's a there's a space on it right. that says gap. Do they so. have any place else they get in from? Is there an actual policy they get separately? Does it come because some people can't even find the purchase order paper? Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't they don't even know where that is. So um, I think it just depends on the dealership and how they wow. do it. Um, sometimes the gap is built into their financing, okay. so it's through the finance company. So, like, and then sometimes it's a third party so. gap company, and they should get a separate account number and everything for that. So like it's just like your auto policy, you have to do your research so that you know what you're getting. All right. Well, we I think those were the top 2, rental car and gap. And we have customization, but that's not for everybody. And the OEM endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. And some people don't care about OEM. So a lot of people don't have customization on their vehicles, but that rental car and that gap, that's pretty much across the board for everybody. And if you don't have health insurance, MedPay. Med mm-hmm. Definitely need to have MedPay if you don't have, you know, health insurance. I'm not sure how much you can get in MedPay, but it's, you know, I have customers call me and they're like, well, you know, my wife or my child was injured. I need to file an a injury claim. And then I pull up their policy and they don't have medical payments on their policy. And I'm like, you don't have medical payments so there's not really anything that we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. MedPay. <laughs> MedPay is optional, but if you don't have a primary health care provider, especially, or med, um, primary health care policy, mm-hmm. then you should have MedPay. Yes, definitely. But the only other thing that we haven't really discussed is the differences between coverages, like what is collision? Oh, what does okay. collision coverage cover or comprehensive? I do this talk all the time. I'm going to let you take the mic. Let them hear you, it from a voice different oh, than mine. Oh, from claims perspective. <laughs> from claims perspective. <laughs> what is liability? Let's, let's start is? with what uh, hitting a deer or an animal is oh, not. Right. What's the difference between <laughs> comprehensive and collision? 
So um, on your policy, you have FTV, if that's how it's on the policy. That's fire, theft, and vandalism. Um, but comprehensive coverage covers you hitting the animal. I mean, I've had people hit a horse, a cow, a pig, some of everything. Um, those animals do not allow you to file an uninsured voterist claim. <laughs> I'm laughing. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Somebody um, thought that. Yes. When it, would it, a cow ever have had insurance? Like, never. I'm not really sure. Never. I and I especially would, I didn't deers. I think cows could sign a contract. Yes. Okay. So that that is a big misconception that people feel they, they could file uninsured motorists for an animal claim. Um, animal claims are comprehensive. Um, all day, every day. All day, every day. Yes. Um, uninsured motorist is specifically for if you get hit and that person takes off. Most of the time, if that person takes off, number one, they either stole the car, they um, didn't have permission to drive the car, or the biggest, they didn't have insurance and they're, fl- they're or fleeing. Or they're, they're wanted, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Something's already wrong with their identi- identity and they need to not have yes. a police officer. So that's usually when uninsured motorist is going to kick in, is when that person, there is no other insurance company to go after for the, dam- the, for the damages. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you may get hit, you may get a license number, it may take some investigation to find out if that person had insurance or not had insurance. Um, first and foremost, your collision coverage is always going to be mm-hmm. number one. And then once the investigation is complete and it's confirmed that it, it qualifies for uninsured motorists, then it can be reversed and changed to that. Okay, um, okay can we stop for a quick second because I, I had this scenario happen this last year it's it was a non-standard insurance company so my client was backing out of a driveway i believe or somebody it was it was on somebody's property Mm -hmm. and my client was hit and it was a hit and run so the person that hit her car on the property hit it and then took off in the car and left the car that hit her because it was in a community mm-hmm. the person who owned the car saw the accident and saw the driver take off in her car and stopped my driver or no she got on the phone that's what it was she got on the phone and called the driver to, and was screaming I guess my customer saw the whole thing come back here blah 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 bring this car back here whatever so what happened was it was the mom's car, her daughter was driving it, hit this other lady's vehicle, the daughter flees and takes off in the car. But the mom sees it, calls the daughter, has her come back to the scene, police or, you know, I don't even remember police got called or whatever, but the mom had non, non-standard insurance. I don't remember the company. Mm. Daughter was excluded. Was she excluded or not listed? I really can't remember. But anyway, it was a long, drawn-out thing. Mm-hmm. Their insurance company was not wanting to cover it. Because she because was excluded. She was excluded. She had to have been excluded because it in most cases, mm-hmm. um, if the child does not normally live in that house mm-hmm. and does not normally drive that car, then it they don't necessarily have to be on the policy right. as long as you gave them permission right. to drive the car. But in this case, it sounds like 
she specifically put that she did not want her daughter on the policy, yes. probably because she didn't want her policy to be high. Well, probably because her which daughter means her is daughter the type of person that she is. Yeah, and <laughs> she, fled she the shouldn't have been driving the car. Right. Or it was a situation where she told her insurance company, "I didn't give her permission to drive my car." Yeah, and see, we don't know which one. It just came back that they they denied the claim. So my. You know, we need to put it on our policy. Underneath uninsured motorists. But of course, the deductible applies. And so my clients. And that's another thing. About that. That's another thing you have to pay attention because not every state offers uninsured motorists like Georgia does. Okay. And most people carry a lower uninsured motorist claim um, deductible than their collision and their comprehensive. And you can do that. But. It still has to meet the criteria. Like, you can't call in and be like, somebody hit and ran me, and it's just going to automatically be uninsured motorist because it's a lower deductible. There has to be an investigation, and the investigation has to turn out saying that it is a a legitimate uninsured motorist. Um, But... Those are the things that you have to pay well, attention and to. And all I could tell her was, you know, your car is going to be covered because we're going to cover it. And this was near the holidays. So it must have been right before maybe Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. it wasn't December. So I think it was right before maybe Thanksgiving. So she's gearing up for the holidays. She's like, I don't really want to have to pay $1,000 or whatever. Um, and I said, well, you know, we're going to seek subrogation from the mom at least or the dog. I don't even know who it would have got. I guess the mom. hmm I say, you know, she may reimburse us. You know, if we get the first thousand, it goes back to you immediately. But, mm-hmm. you know. But those are the things you can't think about. This is not going to happen. You have to take out your policy for what if this happens. Right. What am We're I in prepared a to cover? Yeah. And what am I not prepared to cover? That's, that's, that's how you're buying insurance. Yes. What am I going to be responsible for? Exactly. So when you sign that contract and you say you want your, you know, your deductibles to be a thousand dollars, you're basically telling the insurance company that if I file a loss with you, I'm going to be responsible for the first thousand dollars worth of damage, and then you guys can pay after that. Exactly. So if you're and if you file a claim, always applies. Would you like to repeat this for me? The du- when does the deductible not apply? Very rarely. <laughs> <laughs> It, usually the only time that I see that it doesn't apply is in an uninsured motorist kind of situation where the other insurance company has accepted liability, but there's something going on with it. Then maybe an insurance company may say, we're going to waive it since we're going back after the other carrier. But other than that, it really doesn't ever get waived. I, I've never seen it waived. Yeah. So that, that's nice to know. I've I, never I, seen it. Very few far and in between. I was going to say, they say you <laughs> pay your money up front because that is the contract. And w- as soon as we get the money back, we're going to refund you your yeah. deductible. So um, the other thing with that is a lot of people over the years, they'll say, well, aren't you supposed to take that money out? I don't understand what they mean, take the money out. So Yeah, if, we do take the, it out, but you got to pay it to the repair shop. Exactly, <laughs> so exactly. your car repair was 5000 We took your 1000 out. And we'll and pay 3000 so Yeah, so... And you have to pay the 1000 to make up the difference yeah. for the total amount. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, 
you just have to understand what you're signing for. When 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 your agent is asking you what kind of dedu- or how much of a dedu- deductible you want to have, you have to think just like what you said. If something happens, do I want to come out of pocket 250, 500, 1000? I've seen deductibles even higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what people should keep in mind not only that is the lower your deductible, the higher your premium. You're going to pay more every month, but if something happens, you're paying less. And so if you want to pay less when when something happens, then you have to be willing to pay more on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And then the reverse is true. The higher the deductible, the less you have to pay a month. But that's assuming more responsibility if something happens. But you can't wait until something happens and say, oh, well, I don't want that $1,000 deductible again. Now let's review my policy. The day the claim happened, well, we can review it for what you're going to receive and not receive. (laughs) Or we can review it for your future claim. Exactly. But you can't change it (laughs) once the claim happens. (laughs) So, and then collision is pretty much impact with anything. A tree, a ditch, a house, another car. A person. A person. Whatever the case may be. Or by itself. Yeah. You overturned your vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's a collision. Yes. You, you know, you just slid, you know, it was icy conditions. You spun out and hit the curb, whatever. It, that's all collision. Yeah. Because I people have asked me that. I didn't really hit anybody. No, it's not a, it's not a body. It's you not hit, a person. You hit the ground when right. you flipped it. Yeah. That's an impact. Yep. So... But yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's something else that goes with I that. Know the things that come up for me all the time. Let me see. Uninsured motorist, gap, med pay, um, fire and theft claims. Oh, something special with those. Um, in my experience, fire and theft claims always take some time. So because they're different than I rear-ended Kai. I admitted I'm at fault. Let's proceed with the claim. Uh-huh. Um, fire and theft claims take a long time. And a lot of times people run out of their rental car and stuff before everything is uh-huh. concluded uh-huh. because it does require, it requires a lot of cooperation with the local police. Well, we didn't talk about the cooperation, but keep going. Yeah, the local, po- <laughs> the local police, the li- local fire department, whatever the case may be. So it does require um, more investigation than just a simple, I hit a car and push that car into another car or whatever the case may be. So um, what I would ask is that you be patient with your insurance adjuster when you have one of those type of claims because it's not going to be a cut and dry situation. Mm -hmm. It it just, in 20-something years, it hasn't. And that's between all of the different carriers that I've worked for. Those claims typically take longer. Yeah. I've had two fire claims here in Georgia. Uh, The one, the car caught on fire on his way home from picking it up from a repair shop. Mm. Whole car burnt out. He just left the repair shop, was driving. I think the repair shop was in Fayetteville. He lived in McDonough. (laughs) That's not funny, but it caught on fire. Entire car burned up I've seen from it. the repair shop. And, of course, repair shop says it wasn't them. Had nothing to do with them, blah, blah, blah. So that one on our side 
settled faster because we were pretty confident mm-hmm. it had something to do with the parish shop, even though yeah. they were trying to claim it wasn't them. And we found out it was them. They kept, there was a part that either didn't get completely unwrapped or when they unwrapped, they put the pl- the plastic wrap or the top lid to it mm-hmm. on top of the engine and or something. It there and, and it left overheated. it there. It, yeah, it overheated. It melted. Then it mm-hmm. caught something on fire and that was what it was. But, yeah. you know, initially they were saying that wasn't that. And then I had another person went in to make a delivery, was delivering on behalf of a, you know, his company, and the car caught on fire in the company's parking lot. But because he didn't normally, he didn't work there, he was delivering, um, when the car caught on fire, they didn't know who to call in contact because they didn't recognize the vehicle. So by the time he came out with the delivery, his car had burnt up. Mm-hmm. Like the fire department had been there, and but it that's almost a funny story, though, because how do you come? You, you make a delivery to a business and you come out and your car is burnt to the crisp. Yeah. Um, I've seen it all. But you've you, seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I, I don't I don't even think I've seen it all. But I, every month or every year, I'm still seeing stuff that I'm like, really? That happened? <laughs> so um, after 20 something years, I'm still seeing things that just amaze me um all the time but um you had mentioned responsibility um every insurance policy has verbiage in it that tells you what your responsibilities are if you should have a loss um cooperation yes i have not seen a policy yet that says you file a claim and you have nothing else to do. You have no other responsibilities. Um, I usually like to tell my customers, I need you to help me help you. Because in order for me to do my job effectively, then you have to do your part. So if there's a question about what happened and I need more clarification, then it's your responsibility to give me that clarification so that I can properly assist you. And that's not just me, that's across the board. Um, and, and that's been my motto since probably 2001, like a year into it, because you know it took me a year right. to get to know what to do and what not to do. But since 2001, that has been my motto. So right at 20 years, um, that's what I usually tell people. Like, I need you to help me help you. And especially with this pandemic right now, and a lot of insurance companies have gone virtual. Mm-hmm. So I need for you to help me help you. But what people need to understand is that if you don't cooperate, if you're not answering questions, answering the phone, returning the forms, providing us information to witnesses or, you know, whatever it is that we need, I don't, I mean, at some point, can we not settle the claim or does it just go on a hold or? Very few times mm-hmm. in my 20 years have I seen something like that happen, but I can say that I have had an insurance company shut down a file mm-hmm. for um, non-cooperation yeah, from I've the seen insured. I've, I, unfortunately, I've had the client before and, yeah. that just refused to cooperate. And at that point, it's just like, well, we 
I don't know what the wording is, but you know, it closes out, and of course, it pretty much can null and void. Yeah, it but almost null and voids the contract because you sign that policy yeah. that says if something happens, I'm I agree us. to do right. this, this, and this, and if you're not doing this, this, and this, then you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Uh-huh. So I I I can't explain why some people do that. I have my thoughts on why some people don't cooperate. Sometimes claims get withdrawn from the insureds. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes insureds say, oh, just close the claim out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So you have to help your insurance company so that they can better help you. Right. Because the number one thing is they weren't there. Right. They weren't there when it happened. So they're basically formulating based on everybody's um, interpretation of how it occurred because the insured may have one way and then the claimant has a different story. And then the camera shows us a third (laughs) version. So it's basically, you know, you know, black, white, and then the gray in the middle that they're having to bring all of this together. Um, I mean, I know, um, liability adjusters that keep cars in a board that looks like an intersection on their desk. And as the person's talking, they place the cars where the person's saying, whether they're going northbound, southbound, eastbound, westbound, and they actually move the cars in the direction that the person is so they can recreate Mm -hmm. what the person is telling them to see if who's at fault and if it makes sense. So... Uh, it's it, it's definitely a fine line between what you're buying and what the policy actually covers. And as a consumer, you really are supposed to, to read your policy. I'm going to be honest. I've been in the business 20-something years. I don't read my policy. <laughs> I read the deck page, make sure my deductibles are what it is. But to read the entire policy... I read it when I'm looking for something specific, but you know, yeah. and I have to do it anyway for clients. So yeah, but I go right to the section. Yeah, okay, we're trying to see if this is or isn't covered. We're mm-hmm. going either to the exclusions or the listed coverages. Exactly, so and that's right. what I do on a daily basis right. if I have a question on whether or not something is covered or not. But like you said early on, at least read your deck page. Everybody can read the declaration and figure out if you have the coverage that you want, and if you don't, fix it. Fix it before something happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I think we summed up quite a bit on auto. What do you think? I think so. There's still bound to be something out there. There's bound to be something we missed, but we can't cover it all because nope. <laughs> we But can't... if you need me to come back, I will. Right. Oh, you absolutely <laughs> will come back. Absolutely. We'll cycle around to insurance every you know, I don't like I said, I don't know what week this is, but we'll keep cycling around. Again, this is what I do every day. This is what you do every day. Uh, we're gonna say ha ha. Let me see. I'm gonna pull this up too, just because I've been celebrating with people all day today. We're gonna take a cryptocurrency quick recap because Bitcoin today, right at this moment, we're at fifty three thousand eight hundred fifty six dollars. Guys, Bitcoin is on fire. It's gone up 
$2,042 just in the last 24 hours. So congratulations. I'm going to have another episode here coming up. We'll cycle through to that one. But thank you very much, Pam, for coming. Thank you for having me. We'll definitely have you back again. Um, do you want to do any last minute shout outs? Same sure. Um, as you can see, I shaved all my hair off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a cousin that is starting chemo today. Her name is Kelly. Keep her lifted up in prayer. Um, but she cut her hair, and I decided to cut my hair too. Oh. So I want to give her a shout-out and a shout-out to my son, Christian. Yay, Christian and Kelly. We're praying for you, Kelly. I have another friend right now going through radiation. So, yeah, she's... Um, She's got four weeks of radiation. I won't call out her name because I didn't get pre-approval to call it out. But she knows who she is. And, girl, you know we've got you. we got your back. So um, thank you again for coming. Thank everybody for listening. So, click. So, oh, come on now. What is it? Review, subscribe, share, like, comment. Um, yeah, everything. You can find us on all the streaming prop podcast locations and on youtube uh thank you very much for, oh my website readysetfree.me i think my classes are attached to the website but again if you can't find them eventbrite they're on eventbrite just put my name kai wilson on eventbrite and do a search or ready set free do a search on eventbrite come on sign up for my altcoin class Altcoins typically move with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is moving. You can get in on an altcoin that's still within your price range, or you can start with Bitcoin. Doesn't matter. Um, you what else about my rep website? Is Orlando. Oh, social media. I'm ready set free, guys, everywhere. Ready set free on Facebook, ready.set.free on Instagram, ready set free underscore me on Twitter. And I think that's where, and then Ready, Set, Free is YouTube. So we're everywhere. You can find us. Thank you to my India listeners. I did check that out again yesterday. I think we're still hovering around 30% from my India listeners. So you'll be a, a household name in India after this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, thank you very much. I appreciate having you here with me. I look forward to talking with you again next week. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,